Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a podcast from Joy's jazz show, Bent Notes. Tune in live each Sunday night at joy.org.au. Overthought, from the Luke Howard trio, their 2021 album called the Sanctuary. Luke Howard on the piano, Jonathan Zion playing bass and Daniel Ferugia playing drums. My special guest on Bent Notes tonight is a Melbourne-based composer and pianist plying his talents across the jazz and contemporary classical arenas with a list of credits uh, as long as your arm. His name is Luke Howard and it's my pleasure to bid a very warm Bent Notes welcome back to Luke Howard because we have spoken to Luke before. Welcome Luke. G'day David, thanks for having me. A pleasure indeed. Now your piano playing started when you were a child in what I suppose could be called the standard pattern of learning from a classical perspective. What was the catalyst for exploring the world of jazz a little later on? Uh, I think it was perhaps you know, I was uh, I was always improvising, and I remember a piano teacher at the time saying, you know, those, those aren't the notes that Mozart wrote. <laughs> You're doing a Mozart to Mozart. Yeah, it was sort of wasn't encouraged. I guess it always those things always depend on your teacher. In some respects, I was lucky to at least start off with a fairly strict teacher. But then it was uh, then I had teachers that didn't encourage improvising, which was really good. But then perhaps my classic, actual proper classical side fell. By the wayside a little bit, I felt you know maybe I was I was kind of the uh, the, the improvising monkey that could wheel out for concerts. Oh right! <laughs> but um, but you know then when I went you know what you learn it's great to start learning instrument early, but it's pretty hard unless you're really focused. You have so many things you juggle when you're a kid that you really start again if you choose to pursue it at university, and that's kind of for me at least not was an opportunity. To to correct all the, the, you know, the sins of my uh, past <laughs> and um, <laughs> actually spent some time learning to play the piano properly. And, and also, although I studied jazz, look at classical music again. So I came to that sort of two, a few different phases of learning. I think when you're a kid, it's great for having an affinity with your instrument. You know, it's, it's you don't really, at least in my case, I probably didn't really get to think about all the things you have to think about as a, as a, as a professional musician. When did you decide that music was going to be your career, considering what you've just said about when you, you're younger, you sort of do it because it's there, but you don't necessarily put all the effort into it? When did you decide that it was going to be your career and therefore you had to get serious about it? It's a good question because, I mean, I was reasonably serious as a kid, but I wasn't convinced that that's what I was going to do. But then sometimes I'd be like, oh, you know, music. If my parents were like, we're going to spend the money on something else if you don't practice, I'd be like, oh, music's my life. I can't <laughs> not do this. 
So I think it got bound, certainly very bound up in my kind of identity early on, probably because I wasn't very good at sport or, <laughs> or other things. So <laughs> it was kind of something that it was good to be good at something. But yeah, look, towards the end of high school, sort of started paying attention to schoolwork <laughs> mostly. And I did kind of have a career in the software world that took a lot of time in my 20s and it was a bit touch and go whether I would continue music. But I guess, yeah, I guess I'd look at some point I missed it, I missed it enough to go back and study it and then I'm eventually when I had been working trying to do both software and music for some years I, I'm, I, I wanted to have like one final crack at Throughout your formal music education storytelling must have been part of that and when you say you came back to music a little later was the storytelling component a different sense to what you'd sensed when you were younger? That's a really interesting question. I mean, yeah, you're right. I feel like storytelling is kind of what music's about for me. I mean, even if the stories aren't always, um, you know, something I could articulate in words. I don't know. I think I've always had a little bit of that in me, like, because I've improvised since really from the start, so that that kind of connection between feeling something and being able to turn into music is very kind of deep, I guess. But maybe as I've pursued it a bit more as a career and, you know, once you've made a few albums and you've used up all of the ideas that have come very instinctively and you you do start to try and look for more, um, maybe more overt stories to tell or if only to force yourself to write something a bit different. So, yeah, I think it's something that's been with me from the start, but now I am probably a bit more interested in writing music that is you know, has some kind of theme. And I guess that sort of ties in with doing music, you know, for dance and theatre and stuff where you do actually have a story to hang the musical ideas on. And do you tell a story differently across the different genres, whether it be classical or jazz or the dance? That's another great question. Um, Between the jazz and the more classical stuff, yeah, there is a bit of a difference, I think, with the trio you know, we've been playing for 15 years and the sound, it's, 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 it obviously comes much more from the jazz tradition because of the instrumentation and the music we started playing before we wrote that kind of stuff. But it's also very interactive and, yeah, there are not too many pieces I recycle between the two idioms, but um, I think they do tend to inform each other. But, yeah, they, they are quite, quite different. Yeah, they are quite different. I don't know why... There's something about once you're playing with drums as well, it's sort of a different world to not having them rhythmically and it forms different ideas, I think. Your latest storytelling album is called All of Us and it builds upon what you've just said about finding sources of inspiration. It was composed during the Melbourne lockdowns and it tells a story that was, as I understand it, written by Albert Camus called The Plague. How did this work come about and why is it special? You know, I'm not the greatest literary person, but I did, I did always have a bit of an affinity from Camus from when we started The Outsider in high school. So I thought it's the plague was a good thing to revisit during the lockdown because it does kind of tell a story of human um, triumph over uh, quite uncomfortable circumstances. I mean, the plague is a similar story. to <laughs> Maybe it was a little bit worse than the... Uh, and the coronavirus, but <laughs> and it, I think it's also an. Alle- I mean, Camus never said it was, but it was supposed to be an allegorical kind of tale about world, how people um, behaved in World War Two and stuff. Yeah, look, it was an. It was. It was actually quite an interesting idea. All the titles from the track, the track title came from 
or inspired by particular moments in the in the book. So yeah, it was an interesting exercise to try and do that rather than you know, I mean everyone wrote an album during lockdown it seems. <laughs> so it's hardly did. novel it's hardly novel, but it was nice to have a bit of a narrative kind of framework to <laughs> um to uh to hang the ideas on. And that is more of your contemporary classical music. Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of half bits really for orchestra and that was recorded recorded that overseas kind of remotely. Um, I mean, you know, I would have loved to do it here, but it's also, uh, it was, I think at the time, it just wasn't going to happen because of the, the, the lockdown. And there's some piano music and there's some kind of more electronic stuff that, so yeah, it was actually probably good to have a bit of a narrative kind of uh, framework to help um, help marry those different styles together because otherwise it can sometimes be a little bit, uh, you know, breakfast buffet like <laughs> yes. different instrumentations on the same record <laughs> and we're moving now from all of us into the world of jazz because you're performing with your trio do you use the trio jazz option as a uh, sort of a, a respite from all the classical that you do or is it shared equally between the uh, two genres yeah it is a bit of a respite i mean i think also the others we're sort of I'm busy with it. We're all busy, <laughs> so we tend to not rehearse and and just come together on the gigs. But we've been playing together for a long time, so usually pick up where we left off. Give me often a good opportunity to try out new ideas as well. And a few, as I was saying earlier, a few tunes have migrated, you know, to and from classical and jazz worlds. Yeah, it is its, its own own thing. The only interesting thing about this gig, which I don't do too often, is uh, I am going to play a solo set before. The trio set, so there will be a bit more of the classical stuff there as well. Oh, um, very nice. Will there be some of all of so us in there? Yeah, the pieces that I can play on piano. I'm also been exploring doing more kind of freely improvised stuff, so I think I want to give that a bit of a whirl at this gig as well. But yeah, it will be a bit of a normally, normally I keep the two worlds separate, but this is going to be a bit of a um, selection for a selection of everything. I think. Well, it is nice to hear that there'll be a little bit of everything, so everybody can get a a chance to hear the the multiple sides of Luke Howard with uh, <laughs> Jonathan Zion on double bass and Daniel Ferrugi on drums in the second set at The Counts on Wednesday, September 13. The album All of Us can be found on Apple and Amazon and you can find details about the Luke Howard Trio performing at The Counts if you search in your favourite browser for Luke Howard Trio and The Counts and click on the Monash University search result link. Luke, thank you so much for your time tonight here Thanks on Big so Notes. Thanks for asking some really interesting questions that I hadn't heard before, which is always lovely. Uh, I'm pleased that I've found something different for you and, and it has been wonderful yeah. to, to hear a little bit of your perspective in, in those areas. Thank you so much for doing that. Thanks, David. I look forward to talking to you again. Now, as we bid you farewell, Luke, we're going to hear a piece off your latest album, All of Us. It's a jazz show, but we're going to hear some of All of Us. A piece entitled The Opening of the Gates. What does this piece represent out of the entire work so that we have a sense of what we're listening to? In the book, it's it's about you know coming in and out of out of lockdown. But this particular piece, I the closing of the gates is a kind of an orchestral version of this. And on the opening of the gates, it's fortunate to work with a really um, inspiring friend and uh, electronic musician in Berlin who I love called Ben Boyson. And so I kind of gave him my finished as far as I got with this piece, and I got him to finish it off and mix it. Probably and that's as some of his own elements. So I remember getting that back and. Probably we were still in lockdown and just being so excited and honoured that he, with what he was able to do to it. 
one of the more electronic pieces on the record. Well, it sort of almost fits into a jazz show then. Well, no, yeah, exactly, it does. <laughs> I mean, all, and don't forget, like, all the ideas, I mean, all the classical ideas, are, they start off as improvisations, you know, yeah. they get fixed in, in, in terms of being written on the page or recorded, but at some point they're, they're, they're not, yeah, they're just, I don't, I don't know how to sit down at a piece of, with a piece of paper and write with a pencil from scratch. It's always, <laughs> it always starts at the piano. So you've everything got, does come from improvising. You've got to get the grey cells working and that's from improvising from a small seed to grow a large tree. Exactly. That's the way I'm, that's the way I'm familiar with writing music and that's not changing now. Marvellous. <laughs> well, Luke, we will let you get on with uh, writing more trees. So thank you again. My best wishes to Thanks, you for David. a successful album in All of Us and a great night at the Counts on September 13. Thank you. Our special guest on Bent Notes has been composer and pianist Luke Howard. You'll listen to Joy 94.9. You've been listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. Join us live each Sunday night on Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.